Welcome to Too Much Not Enough, a podcast about the obsessions of two very intense people. I'm Emma Winston. And I'm Darius Kazemi. And today we're going to talk to you about the ideal research workflow. What does this mean? What does it mean? Excellent question. It's your topic. It is my topic. Mm. (laughs) Um, I added this to the list because it is something that I have been obsessed with at various points in my life. It has become one of those things where I sit down to do a research project and then I go, ugh, my process of collecting information for research projects is very unsatisfactory to me. So instead of researching, I should make some technology that makes researching easier for myself. I was going to say that this sounded like something that would be useful for me. Yeah. But if it involves you building new technology to fix it, maybe it's just as well I haven't. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm trying to build things. Sometimes I just try out things that are out there, like different services and stuff that claim to help with this sort of thing. And then I get invariably disappointed with those. Teach me your ways. Oh, no, I'm completely unhappy with all of this. God, if you saw mine, I think it would literally kill you, though. I'm thinking about it now. Well, we're going to talk about our existing research workflows to start with. So for me, I guess I first got obsessed with this when I was in high school and I was really into like writing things down on index cards and keeping them in a little box, sort of like a card catalog at a library. And that was just taught to me by one of my high school history teachers or something. Like if you're writing a paper, take notes on index cards and then you can arrange the index cards and like write your paper from the cards. People always say that, don't they? But did it work for you? I mean, it's excellent for writing a really good high school paper, I found. I I don't know. I I have to write in a linear way, otherwise it doesn't make sense. And everybody loves flashcards. Yeah, I write completely non-linearly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably better, but... I wrote my book entirely out of order. I can't do that. I can't, like... Like, everything has to... I mean, I can't write an introduction for something that, that doesn't exist. Oh, I guess I go back and rewrite the introduction and conclusion... At the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like my whole thesis is being written sequentially. That that seems weird to me. Well, I mean, I think it's weird to most people, but that's why I don't understand index <laughs> cards. Because I just put them in a line and then they'd stay in that line. Right. And be like, why? Why have you done that on index <laughs> cards? There's no reason. But I also, I did find the index cards helpful in terms of like, I would just do a bunch of research and not go into it like with a particular thesis in mind. And then by having those things on index cards, I could sort of place ideas next to one another and see if I can find a pattern in those ideas, which I could then turn into some kind of thesis statement. Um, So it was helpful for like the conceptualization portion before I even know what I'm going to write about. The index cards were kind of my first love attempt at, had my first love, really. Uh, I definitely had index cards before I had a girlfriend. That that much is correct. Did you make out with the index cards? No comment. Did you make out with them one after another or in like a sort of non-sequential order? Yeah, so just whatever could... order seemed good yeah. to make out with the ideas. Um... <laughs> Isn't that really all research is? Exactly. Another big step for me was discovering Delicious, the bookmarking service, when it came out. Josh Schachter, I actually know him at this point, created Delicious at some point in the Web 2.0 era. And Delicious was a bookmarking service that was web-based and 
specifically had a heavy emphasis on tagging, which was kind of a new concept in 2003 when I first started using Delicious. I forget the exact year. Maybe it was 2004 or 2005. And that was where I was like, oh, I don't have to put things in a particular category, like with my bookmarks in my web browser. It's not like a folder system. It's just tags. So I can tag things six different ways. And then I can have these sort of different slices where I look at these different topics. And I got really interested in that kind of categorization system. And that was really important to my research process for a while. So I would have custom tags for all my different research projects. So if I wanted to look at all of the links for the paper that I was writing for this class or that class, I could do that. And now that's how all bookmarking things work. Pretty yes, much, pretty right? much. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It is. Also, until basically just now, I thought it was called delisio.us. <laughs> Oh, no, I called it dell.eco.us for a very long time. I only I still just realized call it it's the word delicious. Yeah, well, eventually they changed it to delicious.com uh, oh, from dell.eco.us. So, but I called it dell.eco.us, even though I knew it was supposed to be pronounced delicious because it was funny to me. Because you're, because you're you. Because I'm me. Um, oh, and also uh, when I eat something and I find it, to taste good, I sometimes think to myself, that was Dell.eco.us. Oh no, I'm going to start doing that now. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go through every research workflow that I've had, but essentially, like I have this dream idea and the dream idea when I talk about an ideal research workflow is like the ability to collect information on whatever I see on the internet. If I'm reading an article, I could perhaps take notes and highlight as though I were using my Kindle e-reader, for example. Mm -hmm. But I could do this on both text documents and PDFs and images. Oh, that would be helpful. PDFs are the big hang-up for me on this. Mm -hmm. And so simultaneously save the content of the articles and tag them and have all my notes in there as well and have the notes be searchable. Like, that's what I want. And there are things that do this in specific domains. Like, if I was just researching eBooks, then a Kindle would do just fine. Mm -hmm at this. But I don't just read ebooks. I read web articles. And there are services like Pocket that will take web articles and format them nicely and save backups of them and allow you to keep notes, but they don't let you search the notes and there's no mm-hmm. API for the notes and there's no API for notes in Kindle either, so I can't like get my notes back out and import them into something useful for me. And then Also, there's the entire universe of PDFs, which like most academic papers are published as PDFs. And there are programs you can download that will let you take notes on PDFs, but they also are silos and don't connect to anything else. And they also don't work on all PDFs. Right, exactly. You get PDFs that are like formatted as text have optical character recognition and stuff and others just don't some pdfs are just collections of images like i work mostly from pdfs and i hate it yeah it's terrible it's the printer of document formats oh my god that's a harsh condemnation that i agree with thank you I've gone so far as to build my own tools to try and get around this sort of thing. So, for example, there's a really interesting open source project called Hypothesis. And Hypothesis is like a plugin for your web browser that lets you take 
sort of Kindle style highlights and notes on any website that you are looking at. Sounds useful. Yeah. And they do offer an API for the notes and you can even enable your own website to just have it enabled by default and people can look at other people's notes, but you can turn that off too if you want. It's an interesting project. So anyway, for like six months, I used this research workflow where I wrote my own custom server and basically what it would do... So at the time I was using Readability instead of Pocket. Readability no longer exists mm-hmm. anymore. They also shut down. But Readability is similar to Pocket. You bookmark things and it sort of converts it all to plain text so that and then gives you like a nice easy reading mode for these articles. And so uh, I would bookmark things in Readability. I would tag them as like research and if I tagged it as research, my server would like grab it from readability and store it locally and serve it back out to me on like a custom website that had hypothesis enabled. So I was able to get to use hypothesis (laughs) on top of the readability API to like look at arbitrary non-PDF articles and take notes on like my iPad essentially. So I would read on my iPad and like highlight and take notes on my iPad. I mean, that sounds great. But first question, how long did it take you to set that up? <laughs> uh, it was like two weeks of on and off oh, okay. development work, like a part-time oh, you know, side project. Thing. I mean, it was really buggy and only worked for me specifically. So, you know, that was why it only took two weeks. It worked great. The big problem was so much of my research involves PDFs mm-hmm. that it was still essentially useless without that extra step. This is why standard reference managers don't work for me. Oh, like Zotero or that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Or Zotero? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, I I call it Zotero. I use Zotero, but we'll get to why I don't really use Zotero in a while, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, because I'm interested in hearing about like those standard kind of academic tools. So that's basically where I left off. Like I use Pocket right now and I have like a Google Drive full of random PDF files and that's it. And I'm just sad all the time about this. The one thing that I did that I am very happy about is I created a Twitter bot to act as kind of a reminder for me to read articles that I've bookmarked but haven't read or articles that I've bookmarked and have read but might want to like be reminded of their existence mm-hmm. in the future. And so it's this Twitter bot. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I really have to port it to Mastodon or something. But what this... Twitterbot does is it goes through anything that I've bookmarked on Pocket that is also tagged as assistant because this bot is called Tiny Assistant. It is twitter.com slash tiny assistant. It's all one word. And what it does is it parses the article. It sort of reads through and extracts sentences that are small enough to fit in a tweet and then tweets them out with a link to the article as quotes. So it basically just pulls excerpts from hundreds of articles that I have saved and tweets them out. And it's pretty good. I mean, like sometimes it gets like, you know, subscribe to our magazine today. But for the most part, it grabs the article's text and they're usually pretty interesting quotes. It's actually a nice hack because the way most like popular articles are written the main points tend to be in short digestible sentences that fit in a tweet Mm -hmm. so uh, it tends to pull fairly important sentences whereas like background detail tends to be longer sentences a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and it's just become a nice way for me to either be reminded that oh yeah that's actually a really interesting snippet and I haven't read that article yet I should probably go read that or sometimes I choose to leave it 
in the queue because I like to be reminded to return to some of these old articles. How often does it post? Because like I get very overwhelmed by Pocket and I end up just never reading anything from it because there's too much. Tiny Assistant posts like four times a day, but I don't read my full Twitter timeline. I just look at what's on Twitter when I'm looking at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Back when I was using Twitter regularly, it means I would see maybe one post from Tiny Assistant a day tops. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't read one article from my pocket queue a day. It's just a tool for me, so it was tuned to my specific needs. Good idea. Yeah. And some people who aren't me subscribe to it. Not many, like a couple dozen people or something like that. I think it's just because they're interested in what's in my research queue, essentially. Have you ever accidentally tagged something embarrassing? <laughs> That was like my very first thought was I would 100% put something into it by mistake, but I didn't. No, I haven't because the way that the bookmarking works in the web browser extension, I have to like type the word assistant out. It's like a very, mm-hmm. it's a very intentional action. So no, it hasn't happened. Sometimes I've been afraid that I accidentally did it, but I've never actually accidentally done it. <laughs> i trying to think what would be the worst thing. <laughs> Just porn. Just porn. Yep. Just porn. Tell me about your experience with like the kind of uh, usual suspects for academic research (sighs) workflow. Oh, God. I'm saying this knowing that I need to go and like fix it soon so that I can write my next chapter because I've been putting that off for a really long time. But I... God, I've got such a convoluted system. It's awful. So I, despite the fact that I tend to write things linearly have ended up writing my thesis in Scrivener. Are you familiar with Scrivener? I have heard of Scrivener. I think it's originally for like novel writers and Oh, is it one of those like full focus things where it like blocks out everything or I think it does have that as a feature, but I don't use that. It's like a word processor where it's really, really easy to kind of divide things up into sections and like move things around and there's a view that is like a pinboard. Oh yes, yes, yes. And you can like see things in all sorts of different views. And I thought that I would use all of those things and actually I haven't really. Right, you just write linearly. I use the dividing things up into folders and sections and stuff just because it's such a long project that that is useful to me, but I could just be writing it in Word. Like, there isn't really any reason at this point that I'm not, except that it's already in Scrivener. Right. And Scrivener's reference managing is not great because it's not really meant for academics. So I have this this whole thing set up where I have to write things in Markdown, and then when I compile it to save at the end, it looks for particular triggers in the text that are entered with a certain keyboard shortcut and then pulls the appropriate thing from Zotero. Amazing! I set it up at the start. There's, there's, I can link to the full... There's a whole series of things that you can link together that some guy has like yeah let's let's put that in the show notes it uses an apple script that someone made and like yeah you assign the apple script to a particular keyboard shortcut and then essentially you can just drop in references and it kind of works it kind of sort of works except that zotero sucks can you explain what zotero is for the non-academics zotero is a reference manager which is like a thing that you can send Either like full articles from the internet or like references to articles or books. Oh, so it's for like citations at the end of your paper, essentially. But also you can store full text in it. So you can use it as like a library for all of the references that you're using. But the thing with Zotero is that it does this really clever thing where when you add articles to it, most of the time it 
auto-detects the author and the title and the year and the publisher and it like populates its own little thing so that you can look stuff up and cite it properly. Like an mp3 player might automatically know who the artist and the album is. Yeah, but a lot of the time it just doesn't. Oh, so just like an mp3 player. Or it will format <laughs> it really strangely because I think there's some stuff going on with auto-optical character recognition so it's got like some metadata embedded in it that isn't actually the title and so i will pull up the little bookmarklet on my word processing software and i'll search for a reference and it just won't be there and then i'll have to go into zotero and like manually retag everything and also if you add a pdf to it most of the time it just straight up doesn't get the title of the author i'm gonna try and link to this in the show notes but there was a great article about like data janitorial work a few years back and i always think of this stuff as like data janitor work yeah data scientists sometimes refer to this as scrubbing or cleaning the data set Mm -hmm. of all these like weird glitches i just hate it so much i hate it so much that the last chapter of my thesis i ended up not using zotero and i ended up just like manually copying and pasting the entire contents of like each reference i was using into a separate notes document within Scrivener and then just referring to that which is going to completely screw up my citations for that chapter and I'll regret it later right but also fuck that shit right but it's going to be worse afterwards just in the short term it was easier but like I have no consistent workflow right when I wrote my book on the game Jagged Alliance 2 I think I ended up just using Google Drive and just making a folder for each chapter and just Mm -hmm. dropping documents in there either PDFs or I would just start a new Google Doc and like copy paste the entire text of a web page in there along with the original links. And that was essentially how I did it. And then it was just a manual process of going through and compiling everything at the end. How long was that book? Oh, it was incredibly short. It was like a 25,000 word book. Oh, fuck. <laughs> My thesis is going to be about 100,000. Yeah, that's about normal for a thesis. So, so. I mean, if I don't fix my referencing before the end it's definitely going to kill me like right. at the end of the project like it's probably going to take as long to do as writing the rest of the thesis yeah so i need to get my shit together and i just haven't at all because when i'm researching i'm like the opposite of you and i don't like distracting myself with things that are related to the thing that i'm working on <laughs> i did all of the hooking up bookmarklets and scrivener and stuff before i started my phd because i knew once i started i would never do it oh yeah so i did it like 6 months before and then came back to it once i started and now the thought of doing anything to improve the process is just unimaginable yeah And I've been thinking about this recently because I've just started essentially a new research project, which is my blog where I look at old request for comment documents, which are like these internet history documents. And we'll talk about those in another podcast. But essentially what it means is that I'm like digging into archives of technical history from like the late 60s, early 70s. So I'm only three days into the project and I can already see that there's going to be... I already have an appointment to fly down to San Francisco to pull old documents from a museum archive. So this is going to be a big project and I'm going to need to not only contend with web pages and PDFs, but I'm also going to have to contend with photographs I've taken with my phone of original documents. So that's going to have to be a part of this too. And I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going to be editing more podcast episodes this year, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I have a thesis to finish, Darius. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, here is my proposed solution. Oh, my God. I don't have a solution. If I had a solution, I would just be building it right now. I would not be. What would your ideal research workflow look like? I think it would honestly be almost exactly like using a Kindle to collect and highlight different texts and have notes on them, but with the ability to like search and tag my notes and the ability to, and support for PDFs in addition to arbitrary images, in addition to web pages, in addition to other formats, and also some kind of citation management as well built into it. That's what that would look like to me. But there's no good standard for PDFs and no good citation manager. Yep. So what you're saying is the ideal research workflow doesn't exist. It does not exist right now. At least my ideal one does not exist right now. I honestly think that I might just go back to index cards for this project that I'm doing. It's probably not a bad idea. I was really hoping you were going to like sort my research life out for me in this podcast. Nope. No. Not this time. Everything's terrible. Everything is terrible. I would be very interested to hear from our listeners about your research workflows and or complaints about research work. I'm always down for complaining about this stuff. I love complaints. As long as they're not about me. Yeah, same. Right. So don't complain about the podcast, but you're more than welcome to complain about citation software and that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us talk about nature's index cards. This has been Too Much Not Enough. I'm Darius Kazemi, a.k.a. friend.camp slash at Darius or tinysubversions.com. I'm Emma Winston. You can find me on Mastodon at friend.camp forward slash at deerful. That's deer like the animal, F-U-L, or at deer underscore full on Twitter or at emmawinston.me. 